Good afternoon. This is H.T. Webster. This is episode six of season one of Shared Consequences. I'll take a minute to uh, let any new listeners know um, it's best if you go back and listen to these episodes in order of oldest to newest. That way you can go ahead and follow along with uh, the path that, that we're on at this point. Uh, I also want to remind everybody it's not always going to be doom and gloom. I mean, we have to talk about the reality, but, you know, <laughs> I am also considered my own best audience. If you ask my family, um, I love to laugh. I love to make jokes and uh, try to be as quick-witted as possible. Um, it's a defense mechanism, I know, but um, if you can hone it, you know, fuck it. Why not? But why not use it? So anyways, um, so just remember, it won't all be bad. Uh, there's some very good things that are going to come out of this tragedy. Um, and you'll see the proof in that. So we are talking about um, my sister Nicole and I being at our new school and um, very early in the semester. So things started to take shape for me. I had a lot of uh, friends that were boys, um, mostly I think because, you know, I did what they did. I played basketball and I played football during recess and, um, I wasn't afraid to go sneak under the bridge out back and smoke a cigarette. And, uh, I hated cheerleaders and, you know, so I, I was just like one of the guys. Uh, my sister, I believe, was having a little bit more of a, a difficult time with it. She had very few close friends. Um, one that was definitely very near and dear to her heart, another girl at our school. Um, but not a lot. I mean, the girls in my school hated my sister because she was different and beautiful. And, you know, they were everything but... So she, she was having a difficult time, but I was, I seemed to be uh, melding into my new surroundings quite well. So I started to play basketball, um, seventh grade, had a complete fucking asshole of a coach who was also a teacher. I'll say his name, Dick Bachner. God damn, he was a dick. <laughs> he was just a terrible human being. <laughs> You know, it's like he thought he was Bobby Knight or some fucking thing. You know, he'd throw his clipboard and kick the Gatorade bucket over. And Jesus Christ. You know, we were seventh grade girls basketball team, dude. Like, get a grip. But anyways, I'm playing basketball. And uh, when, when the season starts, um, I notice that the principal is at all of our games. All the games. Then, you know, I start to go to basketball, or excuse me, to football games um, on Friday nights at the school, and he's at all those games. And he's always still, like, in his suit um, from work that day, suit and tie, um, you know, button-up shirt. Sometimes by then he'd have the tie off, but I always thought to myself, man, you know, this." I remember thinking, does this guy ever go home? But, you know, everybody thought it was great because... You know, he was our biggest cheerleader. He would always come watch the games, tell you what a good job you did, or if you got your ass kicked, you know, tell you you'll get him next time, put put his arm around you. Um, and it's not just me at this point. You know, still we're, we're still talking about um, 
partial grooming and no crime has yet taken place with me. But uh, he seems to be everywhere that I am. So <clears throat> I'm in the hall one day and I see him down the hall. Uh, we're in between classes and I was getting some books out of my locker and I see him down the hall and uh, he's with one of the boys in my school and he's standing at his locker and he's got his arms crossed and he's talking very directly to him, but, but almost uh, secretively. Like, you know, he, he keeps leaning over, whispering in his ear and you can see the kid nod and, or, you know, gesture back. And um, so the bell rings for class and I watch him hug this guy, give him a big hug, tassel his hair, shuts the top of his locker for him. And, you know, the guy goes off to class. And so I, I'm turning around to go to my class and just observing, you know, that this is, this is this guy's personality. This is who he is and how cool that we have somebody who's so nice and cares so much. And I start to head to my class and I hear that famous good afternoon again. So I stop and I turn around and he's got that big grin on his face and he's waving his hand toward me to come, come to him down the hall. So I, I quick jog down the hall cause I don't want to be late, you know, to my class and the bell had already rang and uh, puts his arm around me. How you doing, honey? How you doing? Said, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm just going to science class. And um, the teachers would come out and like the doors would be open, you know. And then when the class started, the teachers would come out into the hall and, and kick the stands up and, and shut all the doors. And my science teacher at that time was Earth Science. His name was Mr. McPhee. And he came out into the hall and saw uh, the principal and I talking to each other and and again the principal has his arm around me and uh he just gave a glance kicked the stand up shut the door went back inside and i, I said i gotta go i said i'm you know i'm gonna be late and um he said good girl you know i'll see you soon and he leaned down and he gave me a kiss on the cheek and he turned and walked away and there was a couple other kids still milling in the hall and Mr. Conover, the social studies teacher was still in the hall, always, you know, fumbling with his doorstop. It was like the, the guy just couldn't, he couldn't get it. So, you know, he's a little bit behind, but. So I guess just another example that I wanted, I wanted to uh, share with you of uh, how, you know, this all occurs in front of everybody. So, you know, kids certain kids see other kids um having special attention paid to them and you know maybe your instinct antenna go up a little bit there like what's going on but then you know he comes and does it to you and he you know he's it, he's spreading his bullshit so far in such a circle that nobody realizes it's bullshit you know nobody understands what's really going on and <clears throat> this will probably be a shorter segment to that tonight, but um, but that brings me to a point where I remember telling my doctor um, one day, Dr. K, the best psychologist on the planet. You know, I was like, 
feeling really shitty because I was struggling so much um, all these years later, 30 years later, you know, how can this still have me so fucked up? He's like, well, what do you, you know, what, why do you find that um, alarming? And I said, well, my God, you know, I wasn't like JC Dugard for Christ's sakes, you know, I wasn't chained to the guy's basement. I'm repeatedly raped and, you know, made to um, bear his children. And um, I said, so, you know, what right do I have to feel this fucking crazy? And uh, Dr. K said, well, you know, this is the way he explained it to me. He said, yes, of course, what happened to J.C. Dugard was absolutely a horrific tragedy. And it's, and I then interject and say, yeah, it's nowhere on the same um, fault line as mine is, as, as what happened to me is. And he said, yeah, yeah, I understand that. He goes, but I want you to think about this. He said, as horrible as it was, J.C. Dugard knew exactly what was happening to her. Exactly what was happening to her. And the difference is that all of us had no clue. We're in the middle of being sexually abused and we have no fucking clue that it's even taking place. And you know, and that, that start, that stunned me a little bit. That brought me back a little bit. And, um, I tried, <clears throat> one of the things I don't want to do over all these years was to feel, you know, sorry for myself. I just wanted to fix myself. I just wanted to find a way to try to get that, you know, engine running again, like it, like it did before this guy came and pulled all the plugs off my wires, you know, or excuse me, all the wires off my plugs. So, but I never wanted to feel sorry for myself. I just wanted to fix myself. I was desperate to just, I just wanted to be better. I wanted to be somebody else, somebody other than what he had made me. Um, but when my doctor explained that in that way to me, it was, um, you know, it was a, certainly a, a learning point and a, and a turning point for me. Um, it's not the one I was talking about in the last episode. That's even huger. But but it was a, a little bit about steering the sh my ship in the direction of understanding that this was a crime against myself and many other children that this principal perpetrated. It wasn't a crime that we perpetrated because we wanted his attention. So... Um, I guess that'll be it for tonight. Um, I hope you all stay well. Thanks for listening, as always. And I'd like to thank my two boys here, Roscoe and Booker, for not um, chatching things up this time with your, your mouthiness. You're always so goddamn mouthy. I got to remember next time when they start to bark like that, I'm going to have to be like um, <clears throat> Ozzy Osbourne and be like, Sharon, these fucking dogs. Not really. They keep me alive too. I wouldn't. I would not want to be on the planet without these two. So, thank you, and we'll talk soon.